Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and today we are speaking with Deanna Sells Freeman. She's a speaker, educator, coach, and a co-author in the next book by Kate Butler, which is called Moments That Matter. It comes out August 30th. So get excited, y'all. Deanna and I are going to talk about the topic of her chapter today, as well as many other things. Her chapter is called Laughter After Trauma. Welcome to the show, Deanna. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So there's a lot to dive into. Let's dive into this new term, IPV, intimate partner violence. Is that correct? Would you mind uh, giving our listeners just a brief overview of, of this new term? Yeah, so intimate partner violence is basically replacing or moving domestic violence out of the way. It's just (laughs) an upgraded term for dealing with violence inside a partnership, inside of an intimate relationship. And I think domestic is kind of an outdated term. Mm -hmm. And so intimate partner violence is kind of an update to that term. And if you... If you watched a Johnny Depp trial, you may be familiar with the term. Oh, I did not. <laughs> it was it was a little crazy. But yeah, so um, but if you look at that or the Me Too movement, you'll become familiar with the term intimate partner violence. It's just replacing domestic violence and talking about how to handle those things in those relationships. Oh, I love it. And I'm really sorry that you went through that. And I it's my understanding you wrote about it in the chapter in Moments That Matter. I I love your story because it's a very clear moment um, that kind of shifted everything for you, right? Like your full perspective on specifically gratitude. Mm-hmm. Could you, would you mind sharing a little bit about what you're writing about in the book? Yeah, so for me, um, I bring up in the book this moment that mattered and it made me, it kind of just hit me in the face. And I was a little bit kicking and screaming and resistant (laughs) to this um, teaching that I was receiving in this personal development experience about gratitude. Um, We all know and understand the value of gratitude, but in this particular um, aspect, it was teaching how to be grateful in all areas of life, even the bad stuff. Hmm. And as we just described in my story with intimate partner violence and also having children who are survivors, they, I, I, I just didn't feel like I needed to be grateful for that. I felt hmm. some sort of righteous indignation. And so it was, and so it was a little bit um, messy, <laughs> but <laughs> our messes become our messages, right? So yeah. Like um, So we, you know, that's kind of where my story begins. And then through the processes that I went uh, to, to learn and to discover and to heal. And I truly believe we are all self healers. Mm -hmm. We all have the magic inside of us that we need. We all have it already. We have what we need inside of us. Um, it's, it's discovering it, it's pulling it out, it's getting back to it because we lose ourselves when we go through trauma. We really do get into this crisis and survival mode and you have to really let go of that person who you became to survive. And start That's getting- really interesting, right? Like after you've gone through 
the, for me, like the PTSD was flashbacks and panic attacks and things that I couldn't control until Mm -hmm. I regulated my nervous system. And Mm -hmm. I actually had that exact experience where I was like, okay, who am I now that my nervous system is regulated? Like, who am I now that I'm actually calm and can like think rationally and Mm -hmm. do things again that I couldn't do before? It was a, it was a journey. Yeah, yes. like seriously. Yeah, we we hear that word journey a lot. I like I to call it an adventure because I mean, honestly, if you look at it, there's so many ups and downs. Like a like a, it can be exhilarating if you really just approach it with the mindset of, hey, you know what? This is just where I am. It's not who I am, mm-hmm. and it's a place and time, and I am going to look at it from that angle. And then I can actually dive into this and say, Hey, this is an adventure too. You know? Yep. You know what? I had a panic attack and I'm on the floor. Now what? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, in there, I know that feeling. So, you know, but you do have to go on this journey to rediscover yourself. Mm -hmm. But what I like to always emphasize is that you're not broken and you are, you are misplaced. You're not even lost, right? You're misplaced because everything is in there, right? Everything's there. It's, it's the work that you have to do to pull it all back up. So I'm just going to interrupt only because broken is a trigger word for me Mm -hmm. that I think I totally understand what you're saying hundred percent. And I also think we need to give ourselves permission to be broken when we are, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I felt like I couldn't admit to myself or anybody else that I was, I was completely broken. There was no other way to describe it. But the thing is when things are broken, you can put them back together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you're going to be broken forever. It's like you break a bone and there are ways to heal that bone, you know, but if you don't acknowledge that you're like feeling this way and using whatever mm-hmm. terminology you feel is appropriate for you, I I think is important from my perspective, just because I felt so much guilt when mm-hmm. I said the word broken. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so there, there it is, right? So when I say broken and say that you're not broken, it's because it's not beyond repair. Right. Right. Some people look at it and they say, this is just what it is. And there's nothing I can do about it. And that's what I mean when I say, absolutely. No, no, you're (laughs) not. And so, um, and I appreciate you telling me that as a trigger word, because it makes me able to expand on what I'm saying. I felt like I was definitely at the bottom of the barrel, right? right? Like there was things that were out of my control. And I felt like, I don't know how I ever, come back from this? How do I recover from this? So it's okay to not be okay. That's definitely not saying that because (laughs) the person who puts up that battle, you, you're, you're physically, you're wearing yourself out for sure. Yep. But the flip side of that, and it, and if you, if you've ever heard, um, you may be familiar with this because of broken kind of being that trigger for you. Mm-hmm. You may have heard of the Japanese gold. Absolutely. Repair. I was going to okay. say that too. I love so that. So that Kintsugi or Kintsukurai, however, you know, you look at it of being able to take something that was broken 
and value it so much that you repair it with gold mm -hmm. and improve and increase its value. It not only becomes stronger, it becomes more valuable. Yeah. That's, that's what we are. And that's 100%. where we are. Yep. And so I love that analogy and Me applying too. it to this, but I call it cracks and fissures as opposed to broken. And in mm -hmm. a sense that you can't repair it. Yeah. We all have those scars. <laughs> we all have those scars. Absolutely. And I think that's really interesting. Like I've had many conversations about the term broken and I love the conversation because it's, it's like, I feel like in the world in general right now, we say words, but we don't have alignment on the definitions of the words. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yes. Big like, Brene Brown fan. Oh, I honestly haven't heard that from Brene Brown because I don't pay attention to that, but I love that. And now I'm going to go hang out with her books. <laughs> go look at, um, read Atlas of the Heart. Okay. Because language, uh, I'm an, L I'm a master NLP. So language is so important because mm -hmm. language is what we create stories from without language. We don't have stories yeah. and without language, we can't relate to one another. And that language, if we're not on the same page with the connotations, not mm -hmm. the definitions for real, then we're not speaking the same language. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and so absolutely. her Atlas at the Heart is amazing because she goes through all these emotions and kind of really helps put a language to it. It's, you'll love it. That's really cool. I love stuff like that. Um, I, I love that you're about that. And I would love to talk about how you went from where you were with having resistance to gratitude, which by the way, I had the same reaction in one part of, have you read the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz? No. Oh my God. I love it. Life-changing book. Um, in my down. opinion. And in there, one of the agreements is don't take things personally. <laughs> and I love that so much, but, and I'm like in it, right. I'm reading it and I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. This guy's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm all on board. And then there's this line in there is that's like, even if someone comes up and shoots you in the face, it is not about you. And I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. buddy, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's where exactly. you lost me, you know? And that took me a long time to process through. I was like, wow, how can you like get beyond such a personal attack, right? And not taken personally. So I feel you on the, the like resistance to gratitude about about so the intimate partner, <laughs> intimate partner violence, right? Like it is, it it seems, it sounds so personal. Absolutely. Sexual abuse is personal. It feels personal. Absolutely. Because it's an invasion of your personal space. Yes. <laughs> So it does. It feels personal. Um, but I love that. So I'm definitely going to go read this because the truth is that those people are coming from somewhere too. Mm -hmm. And they are looking at life through their lens, not yours. Yeah. And what it's, drove them to those behaviors is not your story. It's their story. Isn't that, it's fascinating, right? And like, how do you find gratitude in that? Right. Okay. So without going going too far because I really want you to read my chapter. In the book. I will hundred percent. Are you kidding? <laughs> not, not you, <laughs> and but everybody, everybody else, else who listens. listening. 
please read the book. <laughs> but, but the but the gratitude part really for me, I had to find that I developed five keys right okay. to healing, and I took an entire year to get to gratitude. Because when I came away from that conference, I was just like, this is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now. No way. Um, I I love it. You're like, nope. And then you're like, I have every right to be completely angry and unforgiving. I had every right. And nobody will, nobody will argue that point with me either. Nobody would deny that. But I had to come to a place of, of how long am I going to allow that energy to occupy my space? Mm, That's really where it had come to. And the only way that I could get through that was forgiveness. And so that kind of actually, I backed up from gratitude and forgiveness or let it go. That became my first key. I had to let go of a lot of things and it wasn't easy. And I think most people have a very big, huge misconception of what it means to forgive, you know, they think they have to condone somebody else's actions, mm-hmm. wrong, heinous actions. And that's not what it is. So isn't it interesting? Be- it's like almost the opposite of what we think it is, right? You're like, the act that was committed on me is my fault, like, kind mm. of thing, like, I take it personally, and then forgiveness is on them. And when it's mm. the reverse, right. Um, and, and the act that was perpetrated on you when you are processing it you are the one that feels this heavy burden of guilt mm-hmm. right and and it's it is it's an interesting dilemma and if you have any type of fundamental upbringing where you were really raised in fundamental um religious type of upbringing I don't care how deeply they were, you know, that you might've been raised very structured or just have those fundamental belief systems. Um, Those belief systems really lend itself to the perpetrator and not the victim. Um, It's not on purpose. I don't think anything is done maliciously. It's that we have a misconception about our place. Because there's a, there's an overarching martyrdom that goes on in that. And that's where the guilt comes in, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what did I do to deserve this treatment? What did I do? Why couldn't I make it work? Why wasn't I enough? Why didn't I see the things? And it very much becomes this, this guilt loop. Yeah. I love that guilt loop. Absolutely. I call it a spiral, Uh, but yes. (laughs) Right. But it becomes that guilt loop over something that was completely out of your control. Mm, Isn't that fascinating, right? We beat ourselves up so much about things that are out of our control. And I think that happens mostly with people who are in trauma, because when you're in like a traumatic aftermath, like PTSD type of reaction to whatever is going on, you don't have the ability to do like logical thought and you want to control everything you possibly can because everything's out of control, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's really fascinating. And that definitely creates that whole loop of, of guilt and, and control and all of that. And I would, I, I know that you lay this all out in the framework 
you lay out the, sorry, oh my gosh, words, uh, framework in the book, uh, moments that matter, but would you quickly kind of go through, cause it's an acronym, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So use the acronym laugh. Because for me, it's about making something light out of a heavy topic. I don't want to make light of it. I want you to understand that you can lighten your own load. And when you're in the space of of this trauma and and the beginning of your healing journey, everything feels heavy. And you are going to come to a point where you realize that it's been years, maybe decades since you laughed for real laughed the belly laugh that hurts your stomach. It hurts your face. You're crying. Maybe you're peeing on yourself. I don't know, (laughs) but that kind of laugh. And I had a realization about that. And it's why I moved into pushing the fact that we can find our laughter after the trauma. If you, if you go through the process and not everybody's process is the same. As a matter of fact, there's no right or wrong process, just approach it. But the keys that I give everybody, I have found that everybody goes through these keys, Hmm. maybe not in this order, but you'll remember them because it says lap, right? I love it. I'm ready. Ready for it. So for me, the first one, let go forgiveness. That was first for me. I had to go through that. Ultimately it was for myself. And that's what forgiveness is really for everybody. Period. Yeah. It's for you. <laughs> if you don't believe me, do the work. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, all right. So L, that's let go. A, attitude of gratitude. So this is where I went back into, okay, well, now that I was able to let this stuff go and I felt lighter, I was able to start working into gratitude. What was the lesson? What did I learn? What came from this that's better than it was before this? Mm-hmm. So that's where gratitude came in. And so gratitude is not always just, oh, I appreciate something. Oh, I'm thankful for something. It's an actual state of being, right? It's a mindset that that. we need to live in on a daily basis. So that's attitude of gratitude. The you was for undoing that negative self-talk. We have an inner critic. Oh, my my mind is loud. (laughs) Now I'm going to give away my age right now, but... That is a cassette tape on loop. It just, it goes, it plays side A and then it flips and then it plays side B and it flips (laughs) and it plays side A and it just (laughs) keeps going. But when back in the day, you know, we used to just tape over that. I love this analogy. So all you youngins just look at YouTube videos. It's fine. You'll get it. (laughs) You'll get it. (laughs) They might not be my audience. I don't know. But you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't care if you want to call it erasing it and writing over, but that's what you do. You have to start recording a new soundtrack. Oh my God. And I you love need to put that. this in your brain and start doing that. So undoing that negative self-talk, get rid of that inner critic. As a matter of fact, that voice is probably not yours. It's mm. probably your mother. It's probably your abuser. It's 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 a whole bunch of other people. It's probably not you. Well, or it's it, you in the past, right? <laughs> like we're different and we have you, to accept who we are today. You, the person who was in survival mode, who had to be that yes. person that yep. you no longer have to be. Okay, perfect. Love I love that too. So then LAU, that's that G, right? Is to give yourself permission to take care of yourself. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> you have to take care of yourself. 
if you are doing constantly, and I'm going to tell you, if you're in trauma, you are keeping yourself busy and doing so you don't have to face all the other things mm -hmm. that when you get quiet, come up in you know, some way, shape or form that's happening. hundred percent. You know, it's really interesting too. I want to talk about like when you're in trauma, because I realized um, like right before COVID, honestly, we, my husband and I had taken a year long cross country road trip. And um, so my trauma happened 20 years ago. And I did like y'all so much work, so much work, 10 years of therapy, then like 15 or five more years of just other types of anyway, lots of work. And I was healed. I was absolutely fine, happy, wonderful, all was well. We decided to take this year long cross country road trip. Super exciting, super awesome. It was traumatic for me, but on such a, a, a smaller scale than the trauma I had experienced before that I didn't even realize I was in trauma again, mm. that I didn't even realize mm. I was like in this survivor mode. And it took like, I didn't sleep for maybe three months, more than like four hours a night. And I was like, what mm. is going on? And that's when I realized mm -hmm. like, I'm not the same person and my trauma, like, what is it? Litmus test is really flipping high. Like if I'm not having a flashback, I think I'm fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to acknowledge your, for any of you that are maybe better. Your threshold is different. <laughs> right. So, exactly. you know, here's so the giving thing yourself though. permission to like, be like, uh Oh, I have to go right. back and do the work again. Right. You know? And this is where, where we said before, it's okay to, to be not okay. Yes. And, and here's the thing. Um, and this is something I like to really point out. I don't ever really think we're healed, right. right? We're healing. We're always healing. And the reason why, and I say this because of dealing with this, not only for myself, but with my kids, trauma comes up in phases and the triggers are different. So you may not know that this thing over here is going to trigger you to that thing. Right. It's okay. like an old football injury. Like your nervous right. system is injured, just like a broken bone. <laughs> right. It's like, you oh, know? it's going to rain. I know I broke this. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, so it, it is, it's very similar to that, but I do think it comes up in phases and I'll give you an example here. You know, when um, I was dealing with all the trauma and the fallout after my divorce. I had an, I had a violent marriage. And, um, when I was dealing with that, I had all these triggers and all these things and you do all the work and like you, I mean, this is 20 years of work. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 55 in a month. This Happy is 20. Birthday. Thank you. This <laughs> is 20 some odd years of work. Okay. But when I, watch my child who is going through a separation right now mm, hard. and I see certain behaviors because he is his father's son mm. uh, it it can become triggering for me it's sure. even if it's not at me even if there's no intention even if it's what he's doing to himself it becomes a trigger um so it, and that's why I say it comes in phases. You know, you have phases in life and you're going to go through these phases. You're going to be in your 20s. You're going to be in your 30s. You're going to hit midlife. And all of these things, you're going to have kids. You're going to have grandkids. You're going to have whatever, whatever is your life. 
you're going to have all these different phases. And in each one of the, those phases is the potential for something to come up that reminds you or takes you back to a feeling. You might not be fully, like you said, you might not be fully melting down and having a panic right. attack. Okay. <laughs> but you are triggered and you may not notice it. So be, you know, this is where giving yourself the permission to take care of yourself. If you're doing this all the time, those triggers has less an impact. Absolutely. Maybe you recognize the trigger, maybe you don't, but you're taking care of yourself. So you're still sleeping more because right. you're taking, you know, I take, <laughs> I take these little rest nummies every night and I mean, they saved my life. Right. So, Absolutely. you know, that you know these these things are things that I do to take care of myself so yeah do it on I, a regular basis I feel like for me it was um understanding the massive trauma toolkit that I had created for myself and there were <laughs> tools that were in there that I hadn't used in years that I had to pull out and and be like okay well this is where I'm at in my life right now without judgment and just be like, I mean, that's the key, right? It's like, we have to stop judging ourselves for where we are in life. It, that's what I think, like, anyway, I could go on. Well, that on. brings me to the H, right? Ooh. Because the Look H me, I is, didn't even read it yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> the H is to heart yourself. Aww. And we see this big, massive trend of, you know, self-love, self-care, they get used interchangeably. They're not the same. Self-care is taking care of yourself. That's the giving yourself permission. Self-love is accepting who you are exactly the way you are right now in this moment. That doesn't mean you don't have room for improvement. Yeah. What that means is you're not judging the person you are right now. You're thanking every cell in your body for showing up here today just like it is. And then you can make plans. You can, you can do whatever you want that you feel like you want to do to improve, to be better, to heal, to whatever, but you have to accept yourself lovingly and without judgment. Oh my gosh. I love it. You know, you're, you really you are going to love the four agreements by the way, because there's mm -hmm. an agreement in there as well that, um, is always do your best which, uh -huh. you know, we all hear and it's kind of a throwaway thing, but in it, he's like, but remember your best will change moment to moment. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. as long as you are showing up, sometimes my best is getting my butt out of bed and okay. taking a shower. And, you know, sometimes my best is like just killing it at work, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I was comparing, you know, like, oh, you're, you're clearly not doing your best because your best is at such a higher level, but not right now, you know, and that's fine. And I mm -hmm. think it's that, that acceptance piece that for me anyway, that was the, the real like game changer. Mm -hmm. And I still struggle and, with it from time to time. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay too. Right. Cause we are all a work in progress. We're all, totally. we're always going to be a work in progress and nothing changes if nothing yeah. changes. So we're constantly moving and changing, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and so, yeah, so you're always uh, in, in the process. And, and when I talk to people about the same thing, I think this is similar to telling people that they can rebalance their life. And they look at that word balance and go, oh, no, nobody can have that. 
well, yeah, today what balance looks like to you is going to be different than what it looked like yesterday. 100%. But, but as long as you are just aware, I feel like balance is almost always about awareness, just aware of these key areas and where you are. Maybe sometimes you're just maintaining your finances <laughs> because, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because you're struggling mentally and emotionally or in a faith crisis. So maybe you're maintaining this and you're giving your faith some extra attention you know, and then maybe sometimes that elevates, but you're always just kind of paying attention to those areas and being aware of Mm -hmm. where you are and where you want to go, you know? And 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 for me, it was the key was aware of whether or not I was comparing. uh, That was the biggest awareness piece for me. Like I was very good at pointing out all of the things that you just said, but then I was also like a master at beating myself up because yesterday I was better or this person on Instagram clearly has more going on than me and they have it together. I know. Right. A whole other conversation, you know, but it's true. Critic undo it. Undo. I know. I love it. I cannot (laughs) wait to read your chapter. Seriously. I'm going to like be there with my little highlighter, like my notebook. (laughs) Oh yeah. Get it. Uh, I I like, you know, like I, like I told Kate, I have a whole book on this in me. Right. I've I've written a lot of it in different places because I'm a little ADD, so it's everywhere, (laughs) but, but it is, you know, uh, um, these, these five keys to me really kind of sum up what, if you, if you can focus on these and work on these things, then when you look at where you are and where you want to go and how you're going to get there, you're going to do it through this lens of being able to approach it, it from a healed point of view and not from a trauma point of view. I love that. And I think that when we look at how we want to set up our lives, what we want our lives to look like, if we have big dreams and big visions and you do a vision board, you want to be able to do those things and be present. And this is one of the places I talk about this in the book a little bit. You want to be present. If you're in a trauma frame, it's very difficult to be present and actually absorb everything that's happening. There's a lot of detachment that goes on with trauma because you had to, to survive. Mm -hmm. So going through these and then going into some bucket list item elevates that bucket list item to another level because you're present and aware and being able to so immerse yourself into something without the, without the, the, the worries of everything. It's liberating, right? Mm -hmm. I love that and think it's the perfect place to wrap up our incredible conversation. Thank you so much for your time. I I, I cannot wait. <laughs> I literally cannot wait to get this book and um, read your chapter. Everybody who's been listening, first of all, thank you for your time. Second of all, please go buy the book, Moments That Matter. You can get it at jennaedwards.com um, and read Deanna's chapter um laughter after trauma and Deanna if anybody wants to like find out more information on you follow you around on the intrawebs where can they go uh so on on social media I'm Deanna Wellness everywhere okay Deanna Wellness Deanna Wellness got it yes and it's it's you know I started out a little bit more in the health side and realized Mm -hmm. that you know what my health is not doing anything if I don't take care of <laughs> the rest, which so I kind of moved into the life coaching stuff because of that. And so Deanna's Wellness Nook um, is my logo. 
Deanna Wellness. Oh my everywhere. God, I love that even, little nook. <laughs> yes. Even on my website is DeannaWellness.com. Perfect. So, Easy. Amazing, y'all. You know, I'll post that in the description below um, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And again, this has been Aggressive Optimism. I'm Jenna Edwards. We've been talking with Deanna Salas Freeman. Her chapter, Laughter After Trauma, is in Kate Butler's upcoming book, Moments That Matter. I am also in that book, so please check it out. And until next time, have the most amazing day. Bye.